To do your gifts is one thing, but to master them and be compensated for them on a professional level is a whole other thing. Today, we talk to professional actor, playwright, and theater producer, Princeton Eccles on his journey of mastering the crafts necessary to become a successful actor and writer in the area of stage, film, and screen. I'm Antoine Bean. This is Go Creator Go. Let's do it. All right, all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Go Creator Go. I am Antoine Bean, and I cannot tell you how ecstatic I am to have you guys here on the show today. Welcome to episode four of our series, Go Creator Go, on podcasting. This is amazing. I cannot, I am so excited. You guys have been so faithful and listening, and I want to just thank you guys so much for just all of the attention that we've been getting here in such a short amount of time. Like I said, this is episode four. Uh, This episode is called Mastering Your Creativity. And as you heard in the introduction, I am going to introduce you guys to a gentleman that I... Man, I have so much respect for this dude. I, I, I truly love this guy as a brother, and I've only known him, known him for a short amount of time. Probably about, what, two about two years? About, yeah, about two, yeah, a little bit over two years. Yeah, I think. yeah, a little bit over two years. Man, and it flew by, too, man. It's like I, I feel <laughs> yeah, like... <they> flew by. <laughs> Feeling man. I love you too, and I have so much respect for you, man. Man, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Listen, this this guy is a actor. He is a writer. He is a producer. He is a singer. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he is a songwriter. <laughs> the man. There is nothing that God has not put in this brother to accomplish. Like this dude, and uh, and and he inspires me because he is one of those guys that he is, and I believe this is probably his biggest strength is that his focus. Oh, He's w- one of those guys that literally will think something, say something, write something and do something and he executes it every single time hook or by crook i mean it's it's the truth man by hook or by crook he is going to make things happen and this gentleman's name is princeton echo so give it up for him man bless him for having me it's a pleasure it's literally a pleasure to be here talking to you because i respect you and your gifts and your craft and your calling so much so thank you for having me thank thank you Man, it is an honor, man. It is truly an honor for to to speak to you because, for one thing, he's a very busy man. Um, ah, man. <laughs> you know, during this time though, <laughs> man, come on. Man, it would be time now. Thank God, 
got this reset that's happening. So I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank it you. Thank is. you for doing like for creative period. Thank you for doing this for us. Wow. We need more. Yeah. Well, praise God, man. Praise God. Well, let me just go a little bit through your resume real quick. Just real quick. So uh yeah. uh you started in theater. Well, not mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah, you did start in theater and then you went to commercial work doing commercial acting. Yeah. I did. And, yeah. And I did. all that time you're doing background vocal work for various gospel artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. And yeah. then came back to me and then you traveled for quite a while. Then you came back to the city. Mm-hmm. Did your first stage production from scratch. Sure. From scratch, man, didn't know nothing other than like acting. I didn't, I had, I knew nothing about production or producing a stage play. Wow. Yeah, that was a God thing. Wow. So, yeah. Which is incredible. And, and it's called the Royal Family. It is a really, really great Thanks. production. I love that show. Um, bless you. Man, yeah. it is. It is really, we got, and I've been trying to press him about doing a film about that. Like, like for real, yeah, like yeah. it would make a great movie. We have to. We're gonna do that. We, we I got to, man. We yeah. got to. And then, and then, of course, the the. Well, some people would say it's a big break, even though the man is already out there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he he ended up. Princeton ended up getting a, uh, a a role behind the scenes as well as on camera for Bluff City Law, NBC's Bluff City Law, which came to yeah. Memphis. Yeah, it was in Memphis. Definitely wow. in. Yeah. It was a pleasure, man. Like to go, yeah, and to speak on like what you said with the story. Um, yeah, I'm like very, very country boy. Like from, I'm from Mississippi, you know. Yeah. I, I, Memphis is a second home to me because I started acting in Memphis, and that's why I did my first play. And then one from in Mississippi, it's only thirty minutes south of Memphis, so it's kind of like you know, neighbor, it is neighboring towns and whatever. But uh, started out when I knew I wanted to be an actor at nine years old. Though. I saw some people on television. And I asked my dad, what do they do? Because I'm like, that's their life. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure that they, even when we're not watching them, they're still in those lives. You know, I think I was about six or seven when I realized that. Wow. And then, like, I said, no, they're actors. And I was like, I want to do that. So by nine, I had made my decision. Like, this is what I want to do. There's nothing else that I want to do. But when I went and told my teacher at school, and she, well, she was asking everyone what they wanted to be when they grow up. And I said, I want to be an actor. She told me to be realistic. <laughs> so she said be realistic yeah. she said you're gonna be an accountant baby because you're great at math like you like a math you know whiz or whatever so you're gonna be an accountant so that's gonna be great and you that's what you're gonna do wow so, so that's, i thought that was law like you know at nine years old oh yeah are, absolutely are they're gonna guide your career with their words so Honestly, like I, I thought because of what I had or didn't have or where I was from that I was going to um, I, I could not become an actor. I could not pursue a career in, as a creative professionally. And um, but you know, uh, and I went to co- like fast forward college days. I got my degree in accounting. Like I have a bachelor's in accounting. And I don't know, oh I, wow! Many, like many of my friends don't even know that. And um, yeah, I went to Ole Miss. I got a bachelor's in accounting. And then uh, about two or three years after that, I was just like, see, you gotta either you're gonna try this thing or you're gonna continue to just like rest on it or whatever and i i didn't even know anything about the business until i was 25 and i went to my first acting class and i uh did my first play at like i got cast in my first play at like 26 i would say wow. yeah 26 okay and yeah and then that next month after we ran that play i was in the play was grease that had it loose 
And that next month mm. after we ran that play, I started praying about moving, like, you know, because I went to this uh, event and they said, if you're never going to move unless you get a date. And I said, okay, I'm going to move next year in August because it was about September in 2013 by now. And then, man, God opened up some things and I had a job in Atlanta in that next month. So I moved to Atlanta that October. <laughs> so oh, that's man. <laughs> you yeah, that, so I was out of there. So I was in Atlanta until about, and I was working, started from scratch, man, like Googling acting classes in my hotel. Like literally just went out there and was like, all right, come out here and do it. If you're going to do it, do it. So right, uh, right. networking, made some good friends, made some good connections, man. I was in Atlanta until about 2016. So God gave me a vision of stage play. That's when I came back. And, well, I went to church one Sunday and the preacher preached about operating your gifts. And he said, people will suffer if you don't operate in your gift. Look at if God, I, right? I went to that sermon on that day, I would have never left my job. I would Jesus. still be at my job to this day. Jesus. Because I thought it was all about me. And I, Well, I thought that me leaving my job was going to be beneficial for me. And I'm the type of person, if it's just for me, that is not enough, which was completely, like, it wasn't just for me. Cause, and then um, when I went to church one Sunday, he said, people will suffer if you don't operate in your gift. Then it became not, no longer just about me, but it's about, like, what I would be holding back other people from their destiny just by me not operating in what God called me to do. So I left my job on – I quit my job on a Tuesday after that Sunday of hearing that sermon. It was May 24. Yeah. So that wow. Sunday, you could, anybody could check it. I remember it was May 24, 2016, Tuesday. So that Sunday must have been the 22nd. It was 2016. So um, I was uh, – yeah, man. So I left my job, packed my – apartment up and came back home and rehearsed that show. And I booked the building without a script, without a cast, without nothing. My God. So, yeah, and I put out a fly. After I know if I put out a fly, I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I put out a fly at the end of June, and we had to play at the beginning of August, and I was planning on moving back to Atlanta in September, because I was like, I'm going to do what God told me to do, but I'm going to come back and do what I got planned. You know what I mean? Amazing, so, man. That is amazing. Yeah. Like, and that's what I mean. Yeah. That's that focus that I'm talking about. Like, you literally, and your, you got you got the word, you visualized yeah. it, you wrote it down, yeah. and you said, I'm going with this. I'm doing this. It was the scariest summer of my life, bro. Man. Scary. But I felt God tell me, if I didn't do that, I was going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, not just unhappy. Like, it was distinctly I, I, I heard a distinct voice say, miserable. <laughs> and it was like heavy. You know what I mean? So I was like, nah, I, I don't want to. I'd rather be obedient and it'd be hard and I'd be scared. And and we just flop rather than not be, be disobedient. Right. And I have a safe paying job and and I have to sit up here and. You know, our arms are too short to back with God, so we know it ain't going. We can't do. We can't do that. Right. You know. Right. Right. I yeah. mean, and and we say all the time on the show, delayed obedience is disobedience. You know. Yes, man. It yes. Is, it is, man. It, it, if you yes. don't walk in that thing and and believe it, like you might as well just not do it at all. Like it's just, you might as well just literally say, "Lord, I ain't doing it." You know, you just you might, might just say, "Lord, I ain't doing it," and go <laughs> do it full out. I had so many people tell me. They said, uh, don't do your first play full out. Like, get you some tables and some chairs at your set. Don't go and pay that much. Don't don't get no whole um, actors. Let them have their scripts in their hands. Do a reading. They said, you're going to have to do, like, seven plays before somebody likes one anyway. Wow. That's what 
They said, do not go way out with that. You need to do this and that and that and this. And I was like, I'm so happy I didn't listen to those people. Okay. I'm so happy. Because, so because happy. I was there at, I actually was there. I filmed the, uh, the, the Royal family. That place yeah. was crowded. It was standing room only in there. Yeah, it was crowded. It was, it was, it was a great, like, it was a blessing. It was a blessing, but yeah, like I, it was packed in there. Like no way. <laughs> if, if, if like the weekend that we opened that we did the first run, we sold out that whole weekend. Like the weekend that we, like that August of 2016, when we did our first run, we sold out that whole weekend. And then from God. then on, wondering like, you know, and I thought that we sold out because, okay, it's my family, it's my right, friends. Right. You know, they come to, even if I got on the stage and screamed the royal family, you know how people <laughs> don't want to support you, especially if you're a first one. Yeah. But then I realized, like, strangers were coming up and saying it was the best play they've seen and, like, how they were so encouraged by it. And then friends were telling me that because they saw this play, their dad, their dad changed their mind on them pursuing their dreams and, and it was just like things like that and I was like wait a minute like these strangers don't owe me anything to gas me up Listen. So, <laughs> we may have something, you know what I'm saying so I was like God be knowing what he be doing Yes. we don't always know what he doing and we don't have to know that's why we ask him for guidance and not understanding come you know? on man yeah. come on so with that said because I know I know you so you you are a very spiritual brother, man. You you put oh, God dude. first in everything you do, and that's that's one yeah. of the things I love so much about you. Who are your inspirations in the industry, in the business that made you in that who you look at to say, you know what, I I see how they do it, but I'm gonna do it on this end. But I they, I will pull from this from this person or this style, uh, in certain areas, and then just kind of put my own spin on it. Oh my gosh, Tyler Perry, man! Yeah, oh sure, I love sure. Obviously, because um, and I think that um, the work I do, people can see the the uh, inspiration in it. Because even though my work is not like his, it's in the same tone. It like, is I different, do, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's different, but it's urban contemporary theater. So I tell our story, especially from a southern perspective. Right. So I. As of right now, I do, um, and I will always do it. But I probably add some. I will know. I know I'll add some versatility to it in the future as well. But I just think that um, he, for him to forge his way in the industry, and for him to still own his work, and for him to like create opportunities for people of color, especially to be paid what they're worth, to be able to say like there is it is, it is possible for a person to um, sweep the nation with our stories and it's possible for someone to open up their own studio that other people do that and it's possible for people to um do great work and then pay people what they're worth you know what i mean and just treat and just treat people right oh absolutely and i was so i'm so inspired by tyler Perry. and and then he's a godsend man so i love that Yes. And then if I had to say, so I love Tyler Perry. And people around me know I literally have to argue and defend <laughs> every day. <laughs> and it's all in fun because you want, I think it's a, we need space to have healthy conflict with different um, stances that people may have in regards to perspective. And stuff. But another person would be, I would say Tyler Perry, definitely. Um, Curtis King, he has a theater in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, not Atlanta, in Dallas. In Dallas, Texas. yeah. Black Academy of Arts and Letters, and he does incredible work. He does incredible community uh, stuff, and he's brilliant. He's one of those people that, um, you know how you have those hidden gems that everybody in the industry knows, yep. but we may know him, but like, 
he is literally one of the most brilliant writers, directors, producers ever. He don't play either. I've, I've set in on one of his camps. That's where I went and got some of my training before I did my first, like the summer, that same summer I did, he, I interned at his camp. Wow, so, and okay. it, yeah, I did, man. I left, I'm sorry I left it out. So that summer when I left and I dropped, when I put my stuff in my U-Haul, I came and brought it to Coldwater, Mississippi. Then I, no, no, I put it in a storage in Atlanta and I brought the rest of my stuff to Coldwater, Mississippi. Then I went from Coldwater to Dallas and I was there for three weeks because I did this camp out there. Then I came back home and then next week we started rehearsing for the Royal Family. And it was wow. out there. Curtis. Yeah, and where I got inspiration to do, to uh, as a format of how we do the camp. Because the format of how he does his camp. And then um, I would say Prentice Penny, man. Prentice Penny is showrunner and um, producer for HBO's Insecure. And he was also the uh, writer and director of the film Uncourt, that I acted in that was on Netflix. Yes. And he um, he is just, Prentice has this aura about him and this energy that's just very, very genuine and very, very welcoming to someone who may not know all the ins and outs of the industry. Wow. Like he to work on the set. That, that was my first big role, like co-star role or whatever on a industry level. You know what I mean? Right. Bigger than like a A player role or whatever. Right. And then like he um or guest I think it's supportive whatever it was. <laughs> it was a role. And then like he but he had people like Nisha Nash supporting events and Mama Do RZ and um like um Kelly Jeanette and Sasha Comfrey and Bernard they but Bernard and everybody that was on set, like there was season, but he still made us like everybody feel welcome at every, any level that they were at. So I think that like there is something special about people that can do that, and then for him to be so talented to where you know Insecure is going into his fifth season, Uncle was number one movie on Netflix, and that dude has so much like like it's it, it just like it seems like his success has not taking him to a place of where he's not reachable. You know what I mean? Right. So those are some people that I'm very, very, very much so inspired by when it comes to, like, producing work and quality work. And, man, I love Ryan Murphy. Like, oh, Ryan yeah. Murphy. Yeah. And, of course, uh, and his productions are incredible. Um, and I love, like, um, Thunder Rhymes. And I love Sarah Finley Johnson. She was a showrunner and creative, like, Moesha. Yes. And mm -hmm. and, right. yeah, even, I just... I just love when people do like quality work and yeah, man. So I just pull from all of them and then like still keep my individuality and like what I write and how I navigate. And yeah, man, just study that craft and never compromise the integrity of that craft or the brand. Wow. Don't. Gotcha. No, no. Gotcha. That's good, yeah. man. And that leads me into, and we're going to talk about this when we get back, but this leads me <laughs> into how you stay creatively sharp because one thing I, I I saw through I heard rather through what you were saying especially with your transition from Atlanta back to Memphis how the, mm -hmm. the first thing you did immediately was I got to get some education in this I got to get some knowledge in this and information I need some direction on this and yeah. and you went to Dallas and you did the camp there and then you start watching mm -hmm. these the people that you admire you watch their work and really mm -hmm. dissected what they were doing and it kept you sharp, man. I want to talk to you about that and how you, because you are, uh, and, and people might not notice, but you are also an instructor and a coach uh, for people. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, man. I don't even realize it in a way, but yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. And and how, you know, you actually have methods of, of, of your teaching and methods of your instruction of how you help uh, up and in, in, 
aspiring actors and and artists come into this thing and how they should approach it. We're going to talk about that when we get back. Uh, we're going to take a break real quick, and then when we come back, we're going to talk more with the man himself, Mr. Princeton Eccles. Stay with us. Go Creator Go. So we are back with the artisan himself, Mr. Princeton Eccles. And you were talking about, before the break, you were talking about uh, sharpening your craft, sharpening your gifts, keeping, mm-hmm. keeping current with everything that you decided to do. Even before you put pen to paper, you immediately sought information and knowledge of how to make yourself better in this industry in the direction that you were going in you you had a a plan of what you wanted to do an idea of how you wanted to do it but you needed to talk to other creative professionals in the area so you can get the knowledge of what you needed to do tell um what what would you say for an inspiring creative like you know, because like I said, you before the break, you are a coach as well, and you you teach and you give information. You do workshops uh, on on this, and we'll talk about you know how they can find those later on. Yeah. But how do you how do you do that? You know, for for what what does that look like to an aspiring creative to maintain their creative edge in this industry? Yeah, to maintain the creative edge, and I just say like I don't think you could ever not be a student and be successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I just think they don't go hand in hand. Right. And that's, that's, I've, I've, I've adhered to, like, always get, like, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, being okay with the growing pain. Don't mm. be okay with the aggressive pain, but be okay with the pain that come with growing, like, with the people that's supposed to separate from you because you're going to grow, or the uncomfort of getting deadlines done because you know in the actual business you're going to be on deadlines. Growing. You know, uncomfortable with um, learning monologues, learning accents, learning like the 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 um, how to break down scripts, how to what the character arc is, what the you know all that. Like I think that that is what where it really is like, and not getting like thinking that there are shortcuts to this industry. So like I think that um, the importance of just that student mentality, and then not compromise the integrity of the craft. Like not trying, not showing up on unpre- like. Showing up unprepared is unacceptable. Um, no matter if you're in a place where they're paying you a thousand dollars a day, or it's free for the next six months. Wow! If you agree, if you agree to do it, show up on time. Right. Have your prepared. 
be dressed appropriately. Don't be on your phone in rehearsals. Don't 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 um engage in drama and, and mess and create toxic environments. I think that those are the things that like really, really set apart the extraordinary from people that just want to do it for cliche reasons of being famous or whatever. I just did we're doing this uh, series called The Cooler and um the two nights ago we had Mel Jones who's the director, like first thing she directed was the Sunday end. And she directed oh. Curve, the pilot that was written by Sky Blair. But one of the things she said is a lot of people want to be famous. But she's like, they don't ha- they don't need to do this to be famous. It's, a lot- it's way easier way. Go, they said, go run your car into the river. That'll get you famous. Right. You know, just want to be famous. <laughs> right. Which is true. Or like, go and do something ignorant. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that'll get you famous alone. But to be in this industry, I think it speaks volume to be a student to the craft. And mm. understand what I Antoine, and I know a lot of people may not like do it, but what I hold as one of the things is like that I can put credit to to have gotten me wherever I've gotten, even though I want to go further. But I thank God for what I've done. Um, it's really treating people right. Like That's treating right. people right gets people farther than they think it does. Come on, you know, just being kind to people um, and um, not doing things. You know what I'm saying? And like, in not in an egotistical way or like a prideful or arrogant way either just like not doing them right to get this done you know what I'm saying? or not doing them right because they can get me here because a lot of people do that too yes but uh but doing people doing the pa right on set or or if you pass a janitor in the hallway or whatever doing them right too or the servers at restaurants treating them right that's right i think that it's so important to do that it and speaks then, like, volumes that, it really it does, does. So I would say that, man. I think that's the thing that keeps people on track. I think, well, me personally, it, in my experience. Well, that's and that and that plays very true to your reputation as well, because when people, I I, I actually talk about you a lot uh, in the cir- in the circles of entertainment in 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 the Memphis area. Your name Thank comes you. up quite a bit, and the first thing that people always say, and this is no smoke. The, the first thing that people always say about you when your name comes up is like, man, that guy's a great guy. That guy's a nice guy. He's nice. Oh. That's, that's the first thing they always say. Oh, man, he's a sweetheart. He's a nice guy. You know, and that's the first thing you always hear when people bring that, your name up. That means a lot to me. That means a lot. I guess the whooping works, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Bible talks about a, na- a good name is worth more than refined gold, you know. It, it, oh wow! Let me write that down. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, it talks about that. You know, that a good name is worth more than refined gold. So, so yeah, that that is definitely something for for real. But that having a good name also landed you a good gig too. Tell tell me about uh, the Bluff City Law thing with NBC. City Law, honestly, out of nowhere, smack dab. Like it, like God just you going. It's, it's like you going down the street and God just stands in front of the car out of nowhere like nope you're going this way so that's how it felt because yeah i was i was planning for this camp right and we were in, in between other we had just finished the production i was planning for a camp in a murder mystery and i was like okay cool we're doing this camp got the stuff planned for the whole spring i had meetings lined up in the spring then i was like okay cool then all of a sudden i get a phone call and i'm like uh they were like what's up prince and it was uh, one of my good friends, Kevin Ivey, amazing person through and through. Love Kevin. So he called me. He was like, Princeton, so um, we're working on this pilot, NBC pilot, 
and we're looking for someone to um, be the number one, uh, well, the main character's personal assistant. And I was like, okay. And he was like, <laughs> and we thought he wanted to be, he said, and the manager wanted to be an actor because it's somebody that he can run lines with. And I was like, okay. Wow. All right. And he was like, um, and it's Jimmy Smith. I said, who? <laughs> and he said, Jimmy Smith. I said, nah, I know that name. I know that name. And Man. I looked him up. And I was like, wait a minute, he wants He was like, yeah, we want you to take the job. He's like, it pays this, it does this. And I was like, man, Kevin, I want to take this job. But I was in this whole, I was still on the verge of like, I have to make sure that I'm there for my team whenever we do a production or whenever we do anything. That is so crazy. I was like, but I had just prayed two weeks prior, God, please expand the business. Look at do God. whatever you do to expand it. But I was like, but you know how when he answers prayer sometimes, you're like, no, 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 don't do it like this. <laughs> you can't just kind of answer. That's how I was. So I was like, okay, Kevin, I won't be able to do it because so-and-so, so-and-so. Man, Kevin said, uh-uh. He said, okay, give me to, I'll call you back tomorrow because I'll take a, I'll take a slow yes rather than a quick no. Click. Wow. So I, I said, wait, let me pray about it. So I prayed about it. Blah, blah, blah. I uh, went back in to the meeting. We were literally in a meeting about the camp. I went back into that meeting. They said, if you don't take that job, you're crazy. Right. They said, you can take that job. We got the camp. Don't worry about that. We can handle it by ourselves. I said, no, them kids don't, you know, and it's just a pilot. So, man, I went, I prayed about it, and I felt God just say, like, take the job. I put the job in. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. So, I, after, after I did that, man, I that job literally shifted the scope of my life like literally yeah, when i met yeah. jimmy, jimmy was one is one so i spent seven months with jimmy last year like seven months sure of did. A whole i remember with, that yeah including pilot i was able to see like how the main character of a show seasoned actor been doing it longer than you know for a while oh yeah and i um got a chance to see his process how he interacts with people what questions he asked the showrunner or the, you know, and this is like an NBC show, so it's a bigger budget. Yeah. So I was able to just learn so much. I was a sponge, man. And the amount of stuff that I learned, it cannot compare to anything. It was just like, it, it was just crazy the amount of stuff that Jimmy taught me during that time that he didn't try to. Like, he would empty his own garbage out of his trailer. He would hang up his own clothes. It didn't matter if he had like a down day. If somebody stopped him one take a picture, he would still do it with such grace and such dignity. Oh, he's he a was, sweetheart of a guy. Awesome oh, my guy. God. He's amazing through and through. So I did that, and I was able to network with a lot of great people and learn the business and learn the concepts. And, um, yeah, and then, like, when it came, like, where I was in, so I was in every table read except the first, the pilot. So in episode two, they uh, the AD asked me to come to the table read to read for some characters that were in town. So that was my first table read. Like, that is awesome. Bro, when I tell you I was nervous, I couldn't even pick up my glass of water because it was sacred. <laughs> I was like, I was so nervous because I was like, this is the executive, this is the first table read of this. Like, this is a, after it got picked up, this is the first table read of the season. So it was like, I don't even know what's going to happen. Man. But, uh, so, when I said my lines, they started laughing and like they were like engaged. They was like, "Okay, I didn't know you were an actor, actor." It was like, and Jim was like, "I told y'all he was over there." But then, then Jim was like, "Just you know, he just gave us some advice on what to do and how to uh, 
navigate whatever. And it was, of course, honest and very, very uh, much so advice and integrity. And then I auditioned for a part in like episode seven, I think. And then that part was, it was a smaller role. And then, um, but I was like, I would have to play a fly on the wall, literally. Right. I would down the wall, like on top of the wall. And then, but, and then, like, I didn't get that part. And then I did for the part in um, episode 10, and it was a bigger role. So they had to, it wasn't a decision that could be made in Memphis. They had to send it all the way up to the head of television because it was a, a, a co-starring role. So they had to send it up there and then bring it all the way back down to, to the writer's room, down to, to the showrunner, to the director and all that. And then that's when they gave me the, yes, that I got it. Wow. And it Bro, crazy thing is, I got that role, and I was working with Jimmy, and I booked the BET Church pilot in the same week, literally. My God. <laughs> but, bro, let me tell you how that happened. Let me tell you how God happened. And I, I don't, you know, and I just put God at the forefront of my yes. entire career. Yes, and sir. I always do. Yes, sir. But this is what happened. I was, like, it was someone that I had not talked to in, like, a year. You know, because I felt as though they had did, like, something to me, which was right. I had a reason. I had a good reason or whatever. Right. Sure. But I was I was on this verge of, like, Lord, you have been opening up doors for me time after time. I have to make sure that I am that person that you called me to be. And I am, like, all of who I can be. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I know I can do a better job. And I, I'm, a, I'm a forgiving person. But I was like, I know I can do a better job in the places to where, like, it was hard for me to forgive. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. I'm telling you, it was hard for me to pick up the phone and make that phone call and say, I forgive you. Mm. And if I didn't to bother you or whatever, I pray that you forgive me. But I don't want any more like friction or tension or I just want to, you know what I'm saying, move forward with, with free, like freedom. So from that. And then literally that next two days, bro, I had got information that I had confirmed the booking with um, Curve and I had confirmed the booking with Bluff City Law. Next wow. today. Wow, man. So I, and like, then that episode came out and it was it was the season finale, wasn't it? It was the finale. Yeah. It was the most watched episode. It was the finale. Yeah. And it was like and I got like notes from the like when the showrunner saw it, he had let me know. He was like, Oh my god, you did such great work. He put like in all caps, like you did great work. Some it was something along the lines of you did some incredible work in this episode. You're so good or something like that. And I almost dropped to the floor when I saw that because this guy has been in the industry so long and wow. so much stuff. so it was yeah man that's awesome because you know when you think about it you were literally being built up for that moment the entire season the whole season the whole yep. season like Jimmy coaching you and I mean first yeah. of all to be coached by Jimmy Smith the man is a legend you know <laughs> he, he gives such great advice I was like Jimmy this is my first time on, on network television like I'm nervous as heck. And I was like, Jimmy, like, what do I do? And he just gave me advice. And it's just so, he just so, he got this swagger about him. Oh, yeah. Like, He's so cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. So he just told me stuff. He was like, you can do this and do this. And do this and do this. And don't worry about it. You And then before I kept, went out of his trailer to go to mine, because I had one by then. I had one on the last episode on my days out shooting. He was like, Princeton, you're humble. And I know it. And everybody does. But don't don't act like you don't deserve to be here because if you didn't you wouldn't be here i didn't pull no i didn't do no favors on this i didn't do anything on on this you got this because you deserve it mm. so don't act like you don't supposed to be here because you earned it and that was the last thing he said before 
I went out here trailing and went to do my stuff or whatever. So my it was a God. Yeah, it was a blessing. Yeah. And not only that, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So for, oh, for <laughs> Jimmy is so sweet. Did you get a chance to meet him when he was here? I for a heartbeat, for a second. Okay, cool. I did. Where I did. We, we were at the uh, we were at the Shelby County Courthouse. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. Okay. For, for cool. a very second, I, I, he was like, "Hey," I was like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" And then he was talking to somebody. So that was pretty much it. But I was like, "Man, I just bail Ogana, man. Like that's Princess Leia's <laughs> adopted dad. Like that man. Listen, like I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So and then I'm a L.A. Law fan too. I'm telling my age now, but I'm a, I, I used to watch L.A. Law as a kid. So L.A. Uh, Law, don't man. They, yeah. They, yeah. That's the thing that I think that that's what Jimmy got his um. One of the bigger shows, you know, saying that he started out with was L.A. Law. Yeah, uh, and yeah. then he, NYC Blue, he did yeah, Blue. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, and then you go on to West Wing and Dexter and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, man, my brother swears by Sons of Anarchy. When I told him that, I said, "Man, I, j- I met Jimmy Smith." He was like, "What?" Like, yeah, because he's a son that's of Anarchy. And he is so like I don't even know how to what category to put him. He's just such a gem. He's just such a gem and a jewel. Yes. And one of the most versatile actors in the business, like clearly, like the man could go from motorcycle gang to uh, a senator in a science fiction universe to an attorney that covers civil rights in the South. And, you know, and I mean, it's just to uh, uh, one of the heads of state in the United States government. I mean, he could just bounce. He's so fluid. In, in his in his resume and in his work. So with you, I think, and to be honest with you, I think you're basically the same way. I think you're very fluid in what you do. Like you literally can adapt to any situation that you've played in. Like even in the episode of Bluff City Law, you played someone who was wrongfully convicted. Yeah, right. yeah, I'd be. And, yeah. Then, and then turn around and do court. You were in that, you played a, a very uh, uh, swagged, conservative conservative money-making guy conservative dress you know very quiet in your demeanor but powerful in your delivery kind of guy you know in that so yeah that's pretty awesome man so how when you because the thing is that i see also here is that there were must-haves that you carried to take you from level to level as the bible said from glory to glory from faith to faith how did right. what were the must-haves that you would say you need to to succeed in that industry to get yeah. you to those to those high spots? You know what? As a believer, it's that integrity, man. It's mm. really that integrity. I just think like nothing beats integrity. Like nothing beats God theory right. and Come because on. you know that you that there's certain doors that are not worth going in. You know what I mean? Mm. Like for what I do to get through this door, it's not worth it. It's okay. And then, and I, I know on the red table talk one time, uh, Data was talking about it, and she was like, "It's okay because don't think you miss out on the opportunity. You don't have to take every opportunity because your something else will come along that fits for you." Wow. And I think like once we are certain on our own integrity, on who we are, what we want to do, and what we want to represent, I think that that will get us close to how we're going to pursue. And then like knowing that just because my neighbor is doing this or my friend is booking, 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 that that's a win for them is not a loss for me. 
it's actually a win for both of us. That's right. Because whatever, if we got the right relationship and if we're cool like that, whatever they've learned on that set, they're going to bring it back over here and teach us. But I, I think that, and, and that comes back to integrity, like having the integrity with your friends to be happy for them, having the integrity to do the work when no one is looking, having the integrity to understand if I want to be an actor, I would take it just as serious if I'm acting in a local play as I would if I was going on Broadway. And then the same thing in the film. I would take, I would take, I just did a, a independent um, film with uh, Monique Coleman, and she was in High School Musical, and it was directed and written by uh, Justin Harrison, his wife um, Ariel. But it and it was um, it, it was just such a great piece. It was an independent piece, and I had did that after I did NBC and after I did Encore, and I just still had to take it as serious. Because right. it was just as amazing. It was just as amazing, and it was just. I just think the integrity of the craft is where some people lack because they'll. I've had friends to do well, so-called friends to do me wrong over, or or just speak negatively, or just try to like, like, to be a snake through navigating through productions and stuff like that, and it it just doesn't get you anywhere. You just mm. always want to be in this. Circle. And even if it gets you there, it ain't going to keep you there. That's right. But integrity. Integrity, I think, and, you know, I haven't gotten everywhere I want to go, but I think that if you operate in integrity and at a level of it and you succeed, you succeed, you succeed, and you go up and up and up, you can have peace with that success. Come on. You can man. have, you can celebrate with a great and good heart, knowing your conscience is clear about how you got where you got. But if you go through stepping on people and, and, um, doing people wrong and not operating in character that you know you can do. It's like when you get there, you're going to step on everybody. What, what good is it? You know That's what I mean? Right. So, That's right. Yeah. That's I true. think it comes back to integrity, man. I think it does. That, wow. I think that's one of we get along so well you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely because well i'm i'm a man of integrity i i stand on that i would rather have one two projects a year standing on integrity than to have my play full every weekend on stuff that i'm i just don't have any I'm, i don't feel comfortable with doing you know right I, I i would just rather do that so uh but yeah man I, I and that's one like i said one of the things that comes up after you being a nice guy is that he stands on who he is he's 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 true to heart he's true to form that's what people always say when it comes to you when it comes to you, Thank you man. that means a lot that it, really it does, does. I, don't think it, I guess you know like i said those whoopings i guess they did work huh? <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> Now you got, like I said, you have a lot of stuff going on. You, you're a writer, you're a producer, you sing, you, you write songs, you write plays and things like that. How can people find you? If people want to get coached by you or they want to check out your work, how can they find you, Princeton? Yeah, so they can find me at, um, on, on Facebook, it's Princeton James Productions. And on Instagram, it's Princeton underscore James. That's my personal page. And on um, my business page on Instagram, it's Princeton James Productions. So um, you can find us on there. If you wanted to reach out, you can go to princetonjames.net, and then you can reach out on there. But, yeah, we do productions. We do team building um, productions. We do private parties. Um, yeah, we do all types of stuff. Films. Yeah. Work now, this, now the latest thing that – I don't know if it's the latest thing because you always have something in the chamber. That's one thing I noticed about <laughs> you is that you always have something else. 
there's the last thing that I heard about was the dinner theater, the murder mystery deal. Yeah. That that was first of all, it's an ingenious idea. I, I and I, I've heard about it before. It's kind of got this. It's like basically an urban version of uh, a Agatha Christie kind of situation, a whodunit kind of situation. Yeah. Can you tell us about that real quick? Yeah, man. So the murder mystery dinner theater is basically like a dinner theater and escape room has have a, a murder mystery have a baby. And that's when you get our soulful murder mystery dinner theater. And it's soulful because we have soulful music. It's great um, stories that reflect us. It's, um, so, but when you walk in, you don't know who, who is in the play or who's not. So the guests walk in with you. And then when the play starts, you see all these outbursts happening. And you wonder, like, who is this? I was just talking to her. She seemed fun. You know, and then, like, that's when you figure out, like, these are the actors and actresses. Then out of nowhere, somebody got to die. So they die. <laughs> and then you got to figure it. Then usually they come back as a ghost and they just roam the place. And the actors don't see them. They act like they don't. And then everybody else, they do. And then everybody has a motive that they tell you why they would kill you, kill the person. And then they all, you know, you can't trust anybody. And then you have to navigate the, the room and the spaces to put clues together. And you go from room to room. And you have a, you're on your team. And then y'all come back together and y'all decide on who y'all think did it. But then, like, you have live music in it. You have, like, a few, like, monologues and scenes that happen. And then, like, it's a lot of stuff around the wall that you have to put together in order to figure out, like, the clues and, you know what I'm saying, how to navigate from that. So, yeah, it's a cool experience, man. And it's, um, we've had a lot of great um, feedback in, um, from people that have come to it. So, yeah, we're going to be doing it again this fall. We were going to do it this summer, but... Um, we weren't able to do it, you know, COVID and stuff. I just want to make it better. Now, how, how are you adjusting with that? Like with, cause we're, you know, it's kind of an up and down kind of situation right about now. It's like, we're on, we're off, we're on, we're off. But of course, productions have been like halted. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I was just reading about how, you know, with the MCU and Marvel and all that, how they had to literally push things back almost a year. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. So how is that affecting? How is that affecting what you guys are doing? Oh man, it, it affected it heavily because most of the stuff that we do, we encounter ten or more people. Even if it's a short film, we're gonna have a sound man. You know what I'm saying? The actors and all that, and, right? And deep whatever. But um, and then so it affected us heavily. Like we were like, we have to halt, bring everything to a close. We'll bring everything to a halt. But we're able to do a lot in development. So I'm able to like develop the work, write the script do pre-production for a lot of stuff. So when it does come time for us to come back out, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Right. Like, will be ready. Pre-production will be done. We'll be ready to hop on and just start rehearsing and have table reads and go forward. But we do have a lot of stuff in the chamber, man. I'm just so, so, um, so excited about like what's going to happen and um, how things are, um, how things are navigating and what we're going to do in the future when it comes to like um, um, like murder mysteries and dinner theaters and other plays and some other experiences that we have and then breaking heavily into like film work and stuff like that. Even the way we structured the camp um, last year, we're going to do it a little bit different this year and then we're going back to the old cycle last year. Yeah. I mean, next year. I'm sorry. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Man, I got to get you back on the show again, man. We got to... Man. You already know. We gotta do this again, and then and then next time you come back, we can bring some of your uh, some of your actors that you've trained up, and some of the people that kind of up and coming because there's so many 
there's like a renaissance going on in Memphis right now with art and, and creativity. It is amazing. It's a great time to be in the town right now. You know, got, uh, people like James Cook and Lily Land and Rakitha Morris and Teandria Newsome yeah. Shears. And yeah. I mean, these incredible artists, these, they're just incredible people. So yeah, man, yeah. We, I got to get y'all all back and we do a round table or something in the studio or something. Yes, man. You know we will. Man, we that's will. awesome. It's time when everything, well, I guess everything is slowly opening back up now. Yes. So just give us a day of time that works for you, man, and we'll do it. I'm sure they'll be happy to. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to talk to them. I would love to talk to them. Thank you so much, Princeton, for joining me here and, and us here on Go Creator Go, man. It is amazing to talk to a blessed Christian creator that's really doing it, man. And I decree and declare God's favor on you, man, and in, in, in now and in the future. On and on. I appreciate that. God bless you, you, bro. God bless you, bro. So in conclusion, when we really see the big picture, faith, hope, patience, and discipline are the right defining factors to having a successful, truly successful career in the entertainment industry or any industry. As believers, we should always be the light that God put in us to reflect the true light of the world. Jesus Christ before other people. The best way to do that is by being the absolute best in whatever industry God has called you by sharpening your skills and letting your God given gifts shine bright. Why? Because when he places you on that grand stage of a fulfilled godly promise and people ask, how'd you get here? How'd you do it? You give Christ the glory because through you, God can reach the hearts of others The Bible says, let your light shine so that others may see your good work and praise your father in heaven. Creatives, reach out to who God has placed in your field. People like Princeton, who can help you master your gift and let your light shine before men. Remember, as a creative, you have purpose and God wants to make use of it to not only be a blessing for you, but to help move his kingdom forward through you. God bless y'all. And thank you for listening to another edition of Go Creator Go. Be blessed. Go Creator Go was created in Memphis, Tennessee at the Triumph Media Works Studios. For more information, check out triumphmediaworks.com and follow us on Facebook at Go Creator Go. Be blessed.